Welcome to the We Have Issues podcast, a weekly look at the local issues and matters impacting Independence, Missouri. And now, your hosts, Lori Dean Wiley and Dan Hobart. All right, it's another great day at We Have Issues Independence. Have we moved on from morning to day? To you know, afternoon. To I'm guessing evening. Nighttime. I don't know. Surely somebody Sun goes down pretty darn early now, so maybe it's not a day. Maybe I, got, I gotta hope that somebody finds our voices so soothing they just fall asleep <laughs> to it from time to time. Well, I don't know that you wish for people to fall asleep when you they're know, listening to your podcast. Look, I'm a realist. What do they call that? Pragmatist? Realist? Yes, that's Something. true. That's true. Uh, 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 yeah. You know, I I, uh, <laughs> I don't want to sound flippant um, because I've been thinking about today's topic a lot, um, especially in light of world affairs, and that is that is Israel. And so while you may say, well, Israel, that's a country, you know, far away from Independence, Missouri, so why is it a conversation on we have issues, independence? And I think the biggest thing to remember um, is the significant role the United States played, but specifically our favorite son, Harry Truman, played in recognizing the state of Israel. So... Today, we'd like to kind of walk through some of that history, the decision Truman made, but also how do we get to where we are literally today uh, with protest and the kind of hatred that's existing um, on college campuses, the fear that we're hearing many Jewish people in America are facing And so just being able to address this, um, and so I think I'm going to share just an opening that I found overwhelming and and profound, and that was that Harry Truman sensed something profound and meaningful in the Jewish restoration to Palestine. Harry Truman's like second-tier internet quote machine. Yeah. He he falls after Oprah, Mark Twain, and Abraham Lincoln. But he's right after that sort of top he is tier of, well of everybody, everybody, you know. He, you know, and I think it's because he did have this common sense, um, albeit biblical-based, Midwestern values kind of sayings that truly did drive his decisions. And as the president, he recorded in his memoir, the Palestine question was a basic human problem. So in the end, Truman was willing to go against the current of his most trusted foreign policy advisors. So he went against people whose advice he had taken. Oh, he went against everybody's advice. And then it, yes, and then it even got beyond that and he still just felt this need to decide as he decided well he also wanted to get reelected too right he did he absolutely did 
Um, and there is a, you know, so this would be back in, you know, 40s. This is following World War II. This is following... 1948. You know, the annihilation of 6 million Jews. And so from a value-based... By the, by the Nazi regime. Yes. There were more than that that were killed. Absolutely. Um, but there was just a, a value base in his thinking, I believe. There was a biblical base there. And then, yes, there was a political base. And so in doing some study and, and just um, putting together some thoughts about that decision, I came across a video of Harry Truman speaking and it's available. You have tons of resources available. But I thought it would be uh, interesting, pertinent, very relevant to listen to the words of Harry Truman regarding the establishment of the Jewish state of Israel. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and listen to that. I also antagonized a lot of people by recognizing the state of Israel as soon as it was formed. Well, I had been to Potsdam, and I'd seen uh, some of the places where the Jews had been slaughtered by the Nazis. Six million Jews were killed outright, men, women, and children, by the Nazis. And uh, it was my hope that they would have a homeland where they could operate. So when the time came for that, we set up the Israeli government in uh, Palestine, moved some of the Arabs out, and they were not moved out and thrown, or thrown out. They were compensated for the land that they had to give up. The Jews organized a, a government over there, and it's been a successful one ever since. They've done things over there that never have been done in that part of the world before. And while it's a small republic, it's an energetic one. They, not long ago, they had a fuss with Egypt and if they hadn't been interfered with by the then president of the United States, Nasser would have been down in the Sudan where he belongs. That won't help diplomatic relations. All right. So I find, I'm going to use the word a little overwhelming from a pers historical perspective to find out really how he communicated that. And I think the biggest thing was that the Jewish state was created, and 11 minutes after, Harry Truman decided to recognize it. He was the first world leader to recognize it, and it really is one of the most recognized decision. And boy, Harry Truman had a lot of big decisions during his presidency. He did. Um, and I think it is relevant for citizens of independence for us to kind of approach this because in his legacy, we not only have the history of that decision, once again, biblically and politically and morally, but we have this lasting legacy of the Truman Library and Museum that's right here in Independence. And we are so fortunate to have that, that as I think about this overwhelming issue about the state of Israel today, it's not very different. You know, we no. we are 
the issue is exactly the same. And yes. It, and it happened exactly as George Marshall predicted. Yeah, so let's but, talk a little bit about that. But they were both that. right. Let's talk a little bit right? about the history perspective of it um, so that we can get to a point of really just talking about hopes for this particular issue from my perspective and, and your opinion. So what was the... Um, well, let's go back in history just a little bit. So for 400 How years, let's go the 400 years, the Ottoman Empire kind of controlled oh. that area. Persia. And then the British came in. We can go back further than that. We could go much further, but let's, let's talk in this last century. <laughs> so last, last millennia? You know. Um, After the fall of the Roman Empire? Yes. Yes. Ah, gotcha. And so... Uh, well, a little guy named Muhammad existed between then and now. Yes. And, and that sort of kicked off the, um, the, the general discontent among... Uh, in, in, inside of Islam, right? Uh, when Muhammad died, and this is roughly 1000 AD... There were four caliphates that sort of uh, developed or were developed or four power centers within that, within his followers. And uh, instead of what we teach with, uh, you know, in, 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 the, in the New Testament with Jesus where his apostles, minus Judas, uh, you know, when it went about teaching and working together— uh, the exact opposite happened in Islam, and I, I'm not meaning to demonize anybody or any religion or any purpose. This is this is a thing that happens when a powerful leader uh, dies, and especially back in the day of, you know, the Roman Empire was very well organized, but it existed for hundreds of years, uh, and you know, had time to build out. Muhammad uh, really uh, is the history of the Middle East uh, geographically, moder more modern history. But those caliphates fought. They did not work together to continue no. <laughs> to... to while, while the beliefs are generally the same and they follow the, the Koran and a lot of the lessons, they're not demonic and, and evil like people think they are. It's a little different than the Bible and some of those in the New Testament, some of those teachings. But, you know, there, a lot of the principles are generally the same, which you'll find similarities between lots of older religions. Because humans sort of develop the same and mostly feel the same, right? Like be kind to people and love people and, and help people. Well, for whatever reason, those guys didn't. And thus began the trouble in the Middle East. Yeah, so back in... Uh, 1,300 years ago now. So or 1,100 Let's come to ago. a little more Almost. recent. So, so after that, the Ottoman Empire kind of controlled that entire area for many, 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 many <laughs> years. Sure. Then Britain came in, and I think that that's where... Well, to some degree. We look at... It's not at, as if they had full control or anything. No, but they yes. didn't. 
But they were really... They had a presence. The recognized presence from a how do we solve the problem? How do we do something different? And their rule was going to be over, and they knew that there was so much infighting that something had to change. And so world leaders through the United Nations got a little more involved. Um, And quite frankly, the United States and Britain were the leaders of kind of those well, they would look at this policies and decisions, et cetera. From the from the Middle Eastern point of view, the Palestinian point of view, the Israeli point of view, this is very much the time at which America becomes the world bully. Yeah. Now, I would say not bully. I would say leader, strong leader. I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm. Th- this is put yourself in their shoes. Absolutely. Right. Like, yeah, you came and bailed out Europe and saved probably generally civilized humanity from utter destruction and by stopping Hitler and stopping fascism and stopping the spread of communism, what would have potentially been communism, but certainly fascism into all of Western Europe. So, yeah, saviors, right? Yes. That's yes, the and 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 Truman uh, again being uh, seeing the future in some degree said not only that but I'm going to have this policy where we spread democracy and defend democracy and that leads us to today right because we've done that and tried that and it 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 established the state of Israel the nation of Israel. And then we jumped right on that in support of it, and they've been good allies since. Well, yeah, sure they have. So that leaves us to today of, you know, that decision, and 75 years later, the same argument is still happening in the Middle East. The guy, guy, uh, you know, half of what, uh, on the other side of the world, pick sides yeah that's what happened and I'm not criticizing the decision at all uh, but that's what George Marshall said right that's what George Marshall the famous World War II general the famous Marshall Plan the famous rebuilder Absolutely. of Europe after the war the, the famous of many many things that's what George Marshall said he said Harry you're and I, of course I wasn't there and I'm just <laughs> You're talking about the cop, they said, hey, He Harry. absolutely <laughs> would have called him Harry. I yes. guarantee it. Although he was he was regimented enough, he probably would have called him Mr. President. But Harry would have said, "Call me Harry." And they they probably had many arguments over over many whiskeys uh, late at night, uh, like about if you do this, you will cause a perpetual war in the Middle East, and. It, you know, Harry decided for a lot of different reasons, right? Uh, Harry Truman did that it doesn't matter. We have to do it. So let's talk a little bit about those reasons. So from a historical historical perspective, just coming out of the Nazi campaign and this deep, I think the words he used was deep, profound loss of 
the Jewish population in Germany and others, we know. But so just recognizing that as a people, as a moral people, wanting to do something about it. Then we have... There's a a moral aspect to it. Yeah, and then we have the um, political here in America of wanting to be reelected. They've always always go to the simplest explanation. Yeah, our our tinfoil hat brains, mine included, (laughs) likes to go down the conspiracy rabbit hole and think that you know Truman was a hundred steps ahead of everybody. But part of it was that that his opponent, Thomas Dewey, came out and said, I support the creation of the, you know, recognition of the nation of Israel. Uh, Literally, what, 14 days, 15 days before the election? And so Harry sort of, he didn't have a choice. Yep. He put him in a box. But I think... Brilliant move politically. Brilliant move. I think that that really did change the sentiment towards Harry, though, legitimately, because there was this personal aspect of his decision, and that was in his trusted, confident, and friend, Eddie Jacobson. Between the integration of the Army with minorities, yes. uh, African-Americans, in '48, against all his advisors' advice, yes. and, and this last-minute decision for him personally yes as president but also it was very personal like you said that probably is the only those two decisions in my opinion are probably the only reasons he got reelected very last minute because Dewey was ahead everybody expected him to win well everybody it's famous probably yeah. one of the most famous photographs in the is the paper Americana. saying he won and uh, Dewey defeats Truman and we know that was not the case so there's a lot of reason to celebrate the man, Truman, the President Truman. And in Independence, we get a chance to really do that. And that coupled with this issue of Israel and the decision that was made to recognize Israel and how that set up America and the relationship with Israel after all this time And then May of this year, um, a celebration was held at the Truman Library recognizing the 75th anniversary. Uh, Ambassador to the U.S. from Israel came and um, gave a very impassioned speech about the momentous occasion when President Truman recognized the state of Israel. And just how that started a relationship with the United States and Israel, how it really benefited both, how they have become strong allies. And so you contrast that with today's world and what's happening in Gaza and the back and forth and the two sides and then even in our own U.S. Congress to have... um, a very strong differing opinion, <laughs> you know, um, about Palestine than what we as Americans have grown up with. Uh, you know, I there's a couple things that that you really that Harry Harry embodied uh, an independence person and a Missouri person, and 
he hated bullies. And he was not afraid to do what he thought was right. Thank God. He wasn't he was never afraid. And that's 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 two qualities that are massive, right? Absolutely. And when you look around independence, I mean that those fibers sort of run through our uh, veins. Um, anyway, that for whatever reason, that's sort of built into where we live. We talk about it as being stubborn. We talk about it as being, you know, a lot of different yeah. qualities and things. But that was the deal. And Harry, uh, I think, probably ultimately decided that, uh, you know, no, they're they're it was their place and they deserve their own place. And that's, and that's it. And we, he had the ability to make it happen. Yeah. I think it says a lot about his character. Yes. He could live with himself making this decision. He could not live with himself not not making. That's a good way to put it. And, And I think that that is the crux of why he didn't want to say it. He didn't want to say it publicly. Right. The way that he ended up having to say it. Yes. But Dewey called his, put him in a corner and politically. And he had to. And he had to. Absolutely. But I, but I don't believe he did it just to get reelected. I believe it, I believe it was crucial to his reelection. But I don't believe that it was in any way a politically motivated, motivated feeling. Absolutely. It was a character issue, and it was his personal belief, 100%. And I think that that's warranted in we have the history to see it um, in looking at the archives at the Truman Library I came across fascinating personally handwritten just notes that he would send to Bess or that he would uh, send over a almost like a question or a thought to one of his visors and it would say you know you know Eddie I know that blah 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 and you know, I'm thinking about doing this, and tell me how I should do it, or here's what I'm thinking. And, and you just see all of this history laid out of the thoughts of this independent son, of this, of not only the president of the United States, but this citizen of independence. Yeah. And he, he was we can much. learn from him so much. Yeah. And yet, I think... It's really one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this today was in light of where we are as a United States today, we really have lacked in our historical education on this particular topic. And I want to really encourage... It's because it's not here. It's not in our face, right? Yeah. It is now. <laughs> Much and, too and, and, and frankly, late. Uh, you know, George Marshall would be sitting in heaven, so to speak, saying, I told you so. He would say the, uh, all, all the acts of terrorism, had he lived that long, that we've experienced since then that originated in the Middle East are he a direct result coming. of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that um, it's really about what do we do going forward then. And, and I'm a strong believer, as are you, a lifelong learner, educate, 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 use history as a barometer of learn from it, know what you don't want to have happen again, um, i.e. 
fascist death to a people. Um, move forward with coexistence. That, quite frankly, that's Pollyannish, and it's it a, is. it's a pipe dream, and and it's because because the, they don't want to coexist as much as as much as Truman believed it was the right thing to do, and as much as the uh, the first Israeli prime minister David Ben Gurion yeah believed it was the right thing to do, and all the Jewish people are entitled to their land and their history and their yeah. culture and their space on the planet. Um. You know, in 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 defending the, you know the the massive abuse that they faced, it, abuse isn't even right. Murder, genocide, uh, the attempted the attempt to make them extinct. Yes. As a as a people, as a religion, as a absolutely as as all those things uh, is beyond any any acceptable anything. And but there's a whole there's a whole other but, group of people that disagree with that. No, they completely disagree. And mm-hmm. in and in defending the Israelites from the bullies, which was literally half of Europe and almost the other rest of the entire Middle East, in defending them against the bullies, did we become one? Probably. Or are we following through on the Truman Doctrine, which is we are going to promote and defend democracy throughout the world? Yes. <laughs> right? Right? And, yes. and, and, and there, is, there is a thing with people, and I, and I very much ascribe to this, and, and this is the conversation I'd love to have with Harry. Yeah. If you have the ability, the capability, do, do you have a duty to act? Do you have a duty, an affirmative duty to act? Is it your job to go forth out into your neighborhoods and change things if you have the ability to do so? This is the crucial... That's what, and he decided, yes, we do, and he did. So, Dan, why I think... Um, it's why I think understanding the role of the United States under Truman and the history of Israel is still so relevant today uh, because we've got the face of threat of Iran, its proxies, uh, terrorism. We have the literal thousands of bombings going on right now in Gaza. Um, We must defend the Jewish state. We must continue to work closely, United States and Israel. So where do we go as a nation divided today? You know, that's sort of part of being American, right? Yeah. It's it's actually how we were designed to be as a government and as a that's our that's our structure. That's our our the foundation was disagreement. The Protestants left England cuz they weren't they were experiencing yeah. the freedom they felt they deserved and and were entitled to and all humans should have. So they said, you know what? We're going to get on this boat, sail west, see what happens. And they did. And, you know, this country was founded on disagreement and unrest 
and civil disobedience. Uh, you know, the American Revolution is exactly that. You're right. It's the biggest in-your-face, you know, thing that we could have done. And that's what we do here. We disagree. Uh, usually that leads you to the best conclusion somewhere in the middle. Right? Yeah. So, so as a nation, I think we're fine. Uh, it's uncomfortable. It feels violent. It feels, uh, it feels unfair. It feels unloving. Yeah. It feels unkind. And in some cases it is. People do get violent and people do, do take things too far and use some policy position as justification for their behavior. It's never okay to hurt somebody over your belief. It's okay to hurt somebody if they're going to hurt you. That's the law, and that's, frankly, humanity in general. You have the right to defend yourself. Past that, uh, no, the violence needs to go away. That's the part we could... We could really work on. Work on. Yeah. And I think that that violence comes, going back to some of it, it's what are you have just always heard or a lack of self-education or a lack of history being taught in college campuses. Um, and we have such a resource here, right here in Independence with the Truman Library, that after 75 years, we need parents to take their kids. We need grandparents to take their grandkids. We need people to travel to Israel and experience the Jewish state. We Education could be paramount to lessening the violence from a um, people people need to understanding people need to stop is what they need to do yeah they need to get their you know what together and they need to knock it off and quit hurting we disagree all you want protest all you want have vote in new people yeah make new laws do all those things but the violence there does not need to equate to violence here, number one. Number two, you want to you wanna team up on the Palestinian side, which is somehow scarily to me becoming a thing here. Yeah. Uh, go watch. There's videos online. You can see them. You can see what Hamas did when they dropped in on the music festival with 3,000 Israelis and raped, murdered, dismembered, brutalized, kidnapped, women, children, men, all, everybody. Yeah. You, you, and, and then you want to tell me that Israel can't defend itself and can't go after Hamas uh, in, 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 a, in a sector that they've, uh, you know, uh, invaded like war? They were in Forget it. a ceasefire and Hamas broke that. That is an act of war. Israel it's an act of war right. when you start killing people. Absolutely. It's an act of war, period. You don't, you don't get to just start killing innocent people. You don't. That's not how this is supposed to work. So while I'm not going to say everything that Israel... Uh, is war bad? Yes. Are innocent people going to die? Yes. Should it all stop? Absolutely. Israel has every right to defend, to defend itself. itself. And, if, and if Hamas came here, look what we did. 
Look what we did after 9-11. We didn't invade one country. We invaded three. We went after several, yes. Spent hundreds of billions of dollars, killed thousands of people, including many, many of our own and of innocent people that live in those places. There is no war where innocent people don't die. But you always have a right to defend your own right to exist and to live, always. And to think that, that Israel doesn't have a right to go after Hamas in the, in the best way that it can, you know what? I encourage you to get on a plane and make your way to Israel and join up on, on the Palestinian side. Go join Hamas then if you think they're being so wronged. Do it. Why do you think so many youth, especially what we're seeing on college campuses, especially at Ivy League, why are so many youth, I'm just going to say it, so wrong on this issue? It's the George Marshall position. And, and it's not, it, it, philosophically, it's not wrong, right? Philosophically, the Jewish nation didn't exist, and we took land from a country and said, now it belongs to them, right? Yes. That's what happened. Uh, and they hadn't been involved in, the, in World War II, and they hadn't been a part of that, and yet we still showed up and said, yeah, by the way, we're going to go ahead they and need a take hey. a chunk of your country mm-hmm. and, and give it to these people that you have been fighting with and disagree with to the core of your being for a thousand years. Yeah. So philosophically, the people... That are, that, are, that are choosing to support Palestine or choosing to support Israel, take, take the racism and the, and the genocide and World War II, take all that out of it. You have a right to believe that how we went about things was the ba- a bad choice. George Marshall was a brilliant person. And he did in some very much in some ways predict this would happen and it has jimmy carter if you can't if you can't sit with him in a room and make friends which of course he almost had done there there, it, there there's not a lot of hope that there's going to be some healing here so philosophically intellectually it's okay to disagree with war with killing with how any side conducts itself inside of a conflict. But you have to step back and look at when you really get a bird's eye view, you just, we've picked our course and you stick with it. And you cannot let a nation of people be genocided. And that's ultimately what this is about. Absolutely. This is the exact same thing that uh, Hitler intended, that uh, you take your pick, Turkey, Hungary, take your pick, Russia. There are plenty of, even though Russia's full of Jews, and many of those other places are too. Doesn't matter. You don't get to pick on a race of people or a religion. You don't get to. If you think that's what America is about, 
you're in the wrong America. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably the way to approach it. So learn your American history. Learn, um, and like I said, I, I just am so, I feel like we're so fortunate to have um, our resource right here in the Truman Library. Oh, man, it's incredible. And it? to really learn what was behind Truman's decision, um, his character, the quotes that we do live by. I mean, we just have a ton. But uh, we are so fortunate that Truman was, for many, many reasons, on the right side of, of this particular decision. And so I just want to encourage everyone to educate uh, your family, educate yourself. And uh, there needs to be a lot of healing from the violence. And I think the biggest thing that I would say is that from a moral character, you know, he even said it, we need to be kinder. We need to literally live a life that is kinder to those that we disagree with, that we don't have the same beliefs. That's America. Yeah. You know? So that's what I would hope would come out of just an honest conversation about Truman's decision in Israel today. And uh, we don't need to become Israel and Palestine. No. No. We've already got one. The world already has one. They've got many, but that's a big one. I think that's well said, Dan. Let's not, <laughs> we already have one of those, so let's not be so divided that we become another one. So with that, we're going to end this conversation today. I'm Laurie Dean Wiley. I'm Dan Hobart. And we have Issues Independence. We want to thank you for joining us. I'm Laurie Dean Wiley. And I'm Dan Hobart. Join us again next week because we have issues. <laughs>